Listen, I did a jazz trio record. Trio. There's three guys in a band. Mm-hmm. Wiener, Wang, and Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Wiener, Wang, and Johnson trio. <laughs> Wiener, Wang. Today here at Indaba Music, we have the wonderful pleasure of having an incredible jazz, pop, R&B vocalist who goes by the name of Ariana Nykrug. She's a vocalist from Los Angeles who recently moved to New York City. She was the winner of the 2015 Sarah Vaughan International Vocal Competition, which allowed her to travel to Canada to perform at the Montreal Jazz Festival. Ariana has also shared the stage with some really incredible names like Alice Cooper, Neil Young, uh, many others. So I'd like to welcome and thank you for joining us here today, Ariana. Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have you here. Let me ask you right off the bat, how was your trip to New York City? It was long. Uh, (laughs) It was about two days in a small car with my boyfriend and my cat Wolfgang and probably four suitcases and a stuffed backseat. So that was uh, cozy, to say the least. It took us about 20 hours and got here almost 10 days ago, Saturday night. And immediately my boyfriend had a gig in Brooklyn that he decided to take. So we loaded everything into the apartment, grabbed a quick bite of Indian food around the corner, and then booked it. So (laughs) that's awesome. What prompted your move to New York City? I had actually been thinking about this move for probably, oh God, two and a half years. I wasn't sure if I wanted to move directly after graduating from the University of Miami back in 2000, oh God, 15. I basically decided to take a year off because I knew the transition would be difficult, just like throwing myself into this huge pool of musicians after not really feeling settled. I would say once I really felt settled after winning that competition, I said, okay, absolutely. By August of next year, I am in New York City. Well, New York City is certainly the place for jazz artists to come up oh, yeah. and to display their stuff. It's been that way for quite some time. So um, it's really great to have you here in New York. There's a lot of great places, a lot of great musicians, and I'm sure that you're going to do really great here in New York City. I hope so. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, um, what was it like growing up in Los Angeles? How much does that affect your music, your style of music, or, or how has that shaped your career? Being in Los Angeles in general, there's a lot of entertainment over there. But what really helped me pursue this career path was having supportive parents who are in the industry. My mom was a talent manager, managed actors and actresses. She still does it, runs her own business. My dad is an actor, comedian, classical pianist. So he's done a bunch of shows. He teaches classical piano in L.A. Your dad's name is Barry, right? Barry, yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can find him on YouTube. He's got some cute little videos. So he was Barry Nykrug. Uh-huh. You got it. And he comes from a family of classical musicians. So this was something my parents knew knew I was sort of headed towards from the get-go. But I got to say the pressure in Los Angeles to be the best, to be like a superior person at your art form is very high. When did you realize that you had a voice? So I realized I had a voice probably when I was about two or three. I have videos um, singing in the bathtub. I'm singing in my crib, and I you know, I went to, like, Jewish preschool, and I would sing. My dad would say, all right, sing Brujata. 
And I go, you know, I just started singing my like Hebrew prayers. You know, that was all I really had. Mary had a little lamb. My brother was very musical. I mean, he did like a 45 minute set in his crib and he's like, this old man, he played. And I was like, whoa, kid. <laughs> like we were musical from a very early age. He had to take a milk break and uh, oh, yeah. before the second set. And he's set. just banging. He's playing the little crib drum and, you know, it, you know, our parents got a kick out of it. And then there's another video. I'm three years old and I'm, I'm doing my lipstick. My mom goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing my lipstick. She goes, and what are you going to do? I said, I'm doing a show. Like, of course I'm doing a show. We're in the living room. I'm wearing my dress. We're doing a show. So as soon as I, as I could speak, as soon as I had any kind of movement, I felt like an old soul from like the day I popped out the womb. It was just like, here I am. And I remember waking up, I think I was like six years old. And I was like, wow, this is me? I sing? I would perform shows in my living room. It was just the realization that like, wow. I'm not just like going to grow up and find a job and like I want to be an orthodontist. And I was like, but I'll be a singing orthodontist. Like I need money, but I got to sing. So, you know, once your parents kind of narrow it down for you and they push you to do things, they push you to really spread yourself over a lot of different areas. So I was doing sports. I was playing this. I was doing that. I was dancing. I was Trying running. Trying to help you find your path. Yeah. And they were very um, supportive in terms of like if blank hit the fan, then at least I would still have my music lessons. You know, at the very least, I would still get to pursue this, even if, you know, money was tight or whatever it was. Music was never sacrificed. Beautiful. And your dad, obviously, as you just mentioned, was a, a piano player. Do you also play piano? Do you write off the piano? I do, I do. Taking piano lessons from your dad is not the easiest. He tells a bunch of stories where he's talking about how distracted I am when we're playing piano, and he's trying to teach me something, and I'm just like, well... I'm pregnant with twins. And he's like, honey, really, we're just playing the piano, okay? Like, you're not pregnant, you're six, and you don't have twins. So it was just like, I knew that wasn't going to be easy. But uh, a good friend of his named Jengis started teaching me jazz piano, uh, I would say, between ninth and 10th grade when I started really pursuing that jazz vocal stuff. So I started playing piano, and really the only way you could get better besides you know, taking lessons weekly was by putting a lead sheet in front of you and trying to play it. And then saying, all right, now I don't want to double the root in right, right hand and my left hand, so I'm going to replace every root with a nine. But piano is like a singer's best friend. I mean, I can't stress it enough. If you don't have a piano and you aren't able to plunk that out, it's a lot harder. I would assume being a student of Miami, Frost School, mm -hmm. that you probably had the pleasure of working with Shelly. Working with Shelly, not so much. I remember I dated someone in the Stamps Quartet. It was like a jazz group. I know he and his companions did something at Shelly's house. And I decided I was going to sing a tune with them. And the pianist didn't know the tune I called. And Shelly was like, 500 tunes, you got to have them for memory. And he sat down on the piano and was accompanying me. And that was the first time. I, and, you know, I was young. I was, you know, I think I was a sophomore. You know, I really hadn't. You're just getting your bearings, like throwing a lead sheet in front of someone saying, all right, one, two, one, two, three, four. Because that takes balls, you sure. know? You found the right person to do it with. Oh, certainly. my God. And then I remember uh, right after I won the competition, I was working at Lululemon, um, and I was in the front of the store, and in walks Shelly. And I turned my head, and I go, oh, my God. And he's seeing me here post-competition. This is what I'm doing. And he was like, Ariana! And I was like, hey! <laughs> it was um, quite the scene. Well, but, I'm um, sure he's proud of you. He's a really uh, wonderful instructor. He's mm -hmm. a really great mentor, and... I have a, a very high regard for his abilities. Oh, yeah. And he's one of few who, like, 
really knows how to play with a singer. And I know he and Tierney Sutton have been playing for a long time. Oh, they're magical together. Yeah, so knowing that like the dean of your school likes playing with singers and knows how to do it, I mean, that paves the way for a lot of pianists because I can tell you that not a lot of them have that experience. It's a totally different thing. You have to really fine-tune your ears. You got to open them up so big. Like, you have to know and establish this trust with the singer right off the bat. Like, you cannot wait. And I, I know from experience, not everyone can do that. Sometimes they're playing too many notes. And it's just a matter of saying, yo. I mean, once you find that, that pianist that you can just take anywhere that you know you trust, mm-hmm. man, it makes a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, let's check out this tune that she wrote called New York City. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about this tune? This is probably the first tune that I wrote after studying lyric writing. I had a mentor, Ruth Ann Cunningham, back in Los Angeles. She's like an Irish singer-songwriter, works with Ariana Grande, Tori Kelly, JoJo, all these big names, and she would write songs for them. She started training me in pop writing, and I couldn't connect with it. It's not working for me, but it gave me a starting point. So in the lyric writing class, I felt like I had more freedom. I felt like there was no, here are the guidelines and you need to fit into this category. So we started with picking three nouns and one of them was New York City. It could be a place. And we just did a free write. So I would underline the key words in my free write. And that's how I started noticing, all right, this is what I want to talk about. And I remember just sitting down at the piano And playing, of course, a C major nine. Why not? Got to have that add to, make it really poppy. Um, And I just started floating around with chords. And when I sat down, for some reason, the melody flew out of me. It was the first time it was so effortless. So I sat down and this melody started flowing out of me. And I'd already written some words down. And it just kind of came out. It came together. So I had this little brief nugget was what I call it. I had like a little verse that led into somewhat of a chorus. I think of it more as a as a jazz tune with, with some pop influence and some soul influence. So I didn't really have a hook or a chorus. I just always came to this one line and this one melodic theme. And the tune was basically about offering to this city my voice and feeling that my voice isn't one of many. It's one of its own. And being able to sell that as itself and not trying to fit into this category. Um, I think writing that tune uh, helped me make this move over here because I had said, you know, that old city has my heart every piece and every part. Why can't I stay? Swear I'll be there someday. Um, And sure enough, here I am. And I should probably write another tune saying, here I am in New York City. This is the move, you know. (laughs) A follow-up tune. All right, well, let's check out this um, Californian perspective of New York City. This is Ariana's tune called New York City. Check it out. That old city has my heart every piece and every part. Why can't I stay where I'll be yours someday I'll walk those busy streets Cause busy's always been my thing The air's alive And when I close my eyes I'm stationed near the bright lights Staring at the possibilities I never felt so real and right And now I'm my reality Feels like home already I've dreamed it for too long 
least it had no seasons Hardly brain, I'd like to know What it's like to shovel snow And sure the sky looks nice But those huge buildings hold my life I'll seize a day When I'm walking in the shade My mama always taught me To trust and visualize And for twenty-something years now It's kept my hopes up high city calls my name and I know where I belong I've been waiting my whole life just to sing New York my song I want to ask you, when did you first hear about Indaba music? And uh, has winning the Sarah Vaughan competition really changed anything for you? So I first heard of Indaba music actually when I was applying to the Sarah Vaughan competition. I think I'd come across it a couple other times in order to hear certain things. And I wasn't, I didn't actually know about the Sarah Vaughan competition until about two weeks before the application was due. I was all about the Monk competition. I was like, this is it. This is the only competition I know about. And my previous mentor who um, retired halfway through my college degree, Larry Lappin, was a professor of jazz vocal. He told me about it. I joined a, it was like the um, Miami Jazz Co-op group. It was, you're not getting paid to do it. We met once a week. It was an outlet for me to still sing in an ensemble after college. And he said, Mariana, why don't you apply to the Cerevant competition? You know, you just submit your things online. And I, I think the reason I actually got so far in that competition was that I wasn't thinking about it. It was just like, oh, if that works out, that's great. You went all the way in this one. I mean, in this Saravorn competition, we have scoured the entire globe looking for incredible female vocalists, and we found them. Hundreds of women have applied for this position, all hope to be in this situation that you're in to come out on top. It wasn't an easy competition. You had to really apply. You had to do a slow tempo tune. You had to do a medium tempo tune. And then you had to do an up tempo tune. I think you had to scat within that one. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but you get to hear your competitors. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You get to listen to people. I mean, there were big names. Yes, I was listening to, I remember, Katie Thoreau. So I listened to her recordings and I was like, Ooh, crap. I know she's a name. Somebody submitted a a song in there with Hank Jones playing the piano. Oh, my God. So when I seen all these submissions coming and all these names and all this talent, I was actually feeling very bad for the judges because how in the world are you going to narrow this down? It's very, very difficult. But obviously, they did a wonderful job. They chose all the right people. And and that's why we're lucky to have this conversation today. Mm -hmm. Does your winning song, Exactly Like You, have any specific importance to you? Actually, okay, so... We do this thing called Forum uh, every Friday at the University of Miami. There's a jazz vocal forum. I was asked that first semester to basically perform at the second forum. And I had maybe three days notice. I had written um, a jazz vocal arrangement of Exactly Like You. It was all about that sass, you know? Um, So I had written an arrangement and I performed it in front of all of like the younger kids um, as a senior in the vocal department. And I just sang it with piano and bass. And it was the first time I remember walking out of that forum, I felt good. I never feel good. I'm, a, I'm like my hardest critic. And that was the first tune where I got feedback, positive feedback from my competition, my fellow singers saying, wow, you really nailed that one. 
Um, and when it came to picking tunes to record, for some reason, this was like the tune that came to mind. It was something I knew that I could sell. I practiced that tune, I mean, hours a day before I got into the recording studio. It was it was insane. It was just a simple arrangement, and I really studied the changes so I could nail them, and I felt, you know, comfortable, like, you know, making the changes. It's not just about floating over the key. It's about, can you really land on those core tones um, on the downbeat? One of those standards that's kind of underrated, it's not quite a big one, not everyone knows it, but I think if they did, it would become the same as Bye Bye Blackbird. Sure. You know. Well, let's take a listen to Ariana's version of Exactly Like You. Someone exactly like you Why should we spend money On a show or two No one does those love scenes Exactly like you You make me feel so quick I want to end the world to you You seem to understand Each foolish little scheme I'm scheming And the dreams I'm dreaming Now I know my mother Taught me to be true She meant me for someone Exactly like you I know I've waited I know I've blue. Each night for someone exactly like you Why should we spend money on a show or two? No one does those love scenes exactly like you You make me feel so grand I want in the world to you You seem to understand It's foolish little scheme I'm scheming in the dreams I'm dreaming now I know what mother taught me to be true Oh, she meant me for someone exactly like you So part of winning the 2015 International Sarah Vaughan Jazz Vocal Competition, uh, part of your winning prize was a live gig at the Montreal Jazz Festival. That must have been really exciting. It's something that I always wanted to do. Tell me about your experience in, in Montreal. It was nerve-wracking. Uh, it was my first international show. I'm not a name yet. You know, I have a couple things on my resume. Um, it was nice to have a show at Catalina out in L.A. beforehand so I could really test out my material. I had about 15 tunes. All the people from Concord came, the director of Concord, the director of A&R, all the guys. And I was able to get feedback after I said what worked, what didn't work. What are your plans for the future? Are you working on any new projects? And like, where are they? Are they mostly jazz? Are you still doing R&B stuff? Um, So yeah, in terms of like the R&B stuff, I... I will forever be singing that kind of stuff. So um, I remember on my senior recital, it's really hard to sell it in an album, but when you're live in front of an audience, you get to say, all right, so this tune is a little different. On my senior recital, I sang Knocks Me Off My Feet by Stevie Wonder, and then I sang Paramore's Ain't It Fun as a closer. So I really, and I was like, all right, what musical theater song should I do? Of course, I I didn't have enough time for that one. But um, I... uh, I would say right now, the first thing I need to do is figure out exactly what tunes I want to put on this album that, you know, I signed this contract with Concord Music. And that also was a prize from the Sarah Vaughan competition, right? You got a record deal through that. That was... um, That's amazing. That was really amazing. That's like, I think every singer's dream is to just be presented and handed a paper contract basically saying, all right, It's a great way to... And it's 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 really a... um, 
a less stressful way to start your career. I mean, Absolutely. if you had to make those decisions and figure out which record company, mm -hmm. then you would have to go through that whole game of trying to land that deal. Right. And it's very difficult in today's, you know, time. Yeah. It saves me the hassle of trying to sell myself, which is the hardest thing for me as a singer because I'm constantly down on myself. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough because the competition is so fierce. So that's in the works right now, the album, uh, figuring out which originals are ready to go. And that's sort of where that pop R&B element comes into play. So of course, I like to scat and I like to improvise and show that I am a musician, but nothing that is like for the sake of fitting into a category. Yeah, that it'll be a reflection in. of you. Oh, absolutely. When the deep purple falls over sleepy garden walls and the stars begin to flicker in Sky. What sort of advice do you have for any upcoming singers? I would say first and foremost, if you are a jazz singer, listen to jazz. I'm not talking just singers, I'm talking instrumentalists. Find an instrumentalist that you like and listen to them. And do yourself a favor and transcribe their solos. Really understand the jazz idiom. Challenge yourself to listen to an album a week. And I'm not saying you got to limit yourself to jazz. You can listen to whatever the hell you want, but you need to get that stuff in your ears. And it's almost like magic. Whatever you put in there comes out. If I don't listen to, you know, like a straight ahead jazz album for a month, I notice it immediately in my soloing. You know, I'm, I'm not hitting those notes. I'm not, for some reason, my vocabulary, all of a sudden it's like, what the hell, what happened? And I know you're thinking, oh, jazz, Charlie Parker, Train. Like, I'm not saying you got to listen to those cats. Listen to someone that you relate to, someone melodic. Um, and surround yourself with musicians. Don't feel afraid to make a mistake in front of them. You have to keep your wits about you. You have to stay strong and persevere. It's going to be hard. There's nothing harder than showing a musician that, like, you can count. You can keep time. You can tell them if they missed a chord change. You can tell them what kind of, like, to be a leader on the bandstand. I mean, when you're the singer, you are the band leader. Your pianist is not the band leader. And if you can't figure that out for yourself, you're going to be screwed. And I would say practice the piano. You also have to find a way to get gigs. You don't sell yourself short. So that means you got to come up with a demo that you freaking love. When you're in the studio, take that time seriously and really follow what you want to do. You will find a way to do it. Now, you're not going to believe it until it's happening. I remember feeling so, so, so low before I got the email that said you're one of five in the Saravon competition. I was at a low where it was like, I have no structure to my life. I didn't have school. And I was thinking, this is it. Like, this is not working for me. I spent the entire afternoon researching uh, mentors like Marianne Williamson, this girl, Gabrielle Bernstein, who eh, she calls herself a spiritual junkie, which is not exactly uh, my thing, but she talks a lot about replacing fear with love. And as a yoga instructor and as like a yogi myself, that has helped me more than anything balance out my life and really have trust in myself. In the still of the night once again
aren't going to be the best and it is unrealistic to think that you have to be the best. You just have to do what you do to the best that you can do. Sure, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Because there's room for others. You're not mm-hmm. the only one who's going to make it. That, that's what my mom tells me all the time. You know, there's room for two people to make it in jazz. There's room for this. There's room for that. And as long as you strive to be you and not to be the next Ella, the next this, because people will hear it. They're going to say, oh my God, you sound just like blah, blah, blah. And you don't want that. You don't want to sound just like them. You want to have influences, recognizable influences to show that you are honest to that art form. How can the listeners of this Indaba Music Podcast follow you? Do you have a website? I sure do. Um, you can find me at ariananeikrug.com. That's my entire first and last name.com. I'll even spell it for you. A-R-I-A-N-N-A-N-E-I-K-R-U-G.com. Well, you're following some amazing footsteps and I could see why. I think you're deserving of all this attention. You have an incredible voice. You're a wonderful talent, a joy to watch. And, um, you know, we hope for nothing but the best for you. We're going to be here to support you all the way through. So... And Daba Music is here for you. We're grateful that you're part of our family. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out and talk with us. And we can't wait to see how far you grow or where you will go on this musical path. Once again, we're here today at Daba Music with Ariana Nykrug, wonderful jazz talent. Please check her out, ariananykrug.com. Uh, you can hear her stuff at the uh, 2015 Saravon International Vocal Competition here in Indapa Music. So once again, thank you so much for coming by. We really look forward to hearing your new stuff and um, we're just so grateful to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. My analyst told me that I was right out in my head the way he described it. He said I'd be better dead than live. I didn't listen to his jive. I knew all along that he was all wrong and I knew that he Just a reminder that there are lots of great opportunities and remix contests currently up at indabamusic.com for you to take part in. We have a new Pensados Place mixing competition featuring Jesus on the Mainline and a cover contest featuring music of Beyonce, Adele, Taylor Swift, and many others. We have a new kids music contest for licensing placements and remix contests featuring Lyra, Justin Sky, and Frenchie B. All this and more at indabamusic.com. What's so strange when you know that you're a wizard at three? I knew that this was meant to be. The fifth annual Saravon International Jazz Vocal Competition has its finals on Sunday, November 20th at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. If you're in the tri-state area, tickets are available at njpack.org. That's njpack.org. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our outro music today is Ariana Nykrug, singing Twisted by Annie Ross. This podcast is a production of IndabaMusic.com. It was produced by Garrett Frierson and hosted by me, Mantis Evar, with the assistance from my team. All the double-decker buses, all because they're-
If you have any thoughts or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us a note at podcast at indapamusic.com. My analyst told me. Thank you all for listening. We love you. And we'll see you at the listening party. My analyst told me. My analyst told me that I was right out in my head. But I said, dear doctor, I think that it's you instead. Because I got the thing that's unique and new. To prove it, I'll have the last laugh on you. Because instead of one head, I got two. And you know two heads are better than